And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Mead podcast with Davey Riskin and Mickey Brennan. Plenty to get through on this week's episode. Davey, the ladies were out, the minors were out in the Seamus Heaney Cup final during the week as well. We had the Camogues out on the weekend and then we also have to look forward to Mead and Clare in the qualifiers next Saturday. But um, Davey, we'll just quickly go to the Leinster final. Um, I suppose I'd like to bring it up because Dublin emphatic victory again um beating Kildare by 14 points in the Leinster final and you know there's a I, I saw a great tweet I think it was from Tommy Rooney and he says I doubt that the Kildare boys will get as much grief as the Mead guys got for losing to Dublin um it's a it's a strange one that you know it's nearly like Mead supporters um hold Mead in a way higher regard than the Kildare supporters hold Kildare in. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, first and foremost, Mickey, I was surprised at the the sort of margin of the defeat by Clare. I really thought they'd give them a game, uh, particularly after beating them in the league, you know, only yeah, a couple of you? months ago. Like, I did I really did, yeah. I did. It's um, funny, I it's funny, like I had this conversation with, with Damien and Paul and the We Are Cavan uh, one and they actually thought that Kildare might even pick this and I just couldn't see it. Like you know, you watched Kildare against Westmead and it, were, it was such a lethargic game. And then you look at Dublin against Mead or against Wexford and I just thought that they were awesome. I really did. Like, I I, um, I do think that Dublin are, 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 are I don't want to say back, but I do think that they are, they think everybody has written them off and they're kind of, you know, coming out like a wounded animal. I'd agree with that. I, I do think they're they're a completely different animal than they were, you know, this time last year. There's no comparison, really. Um, I just expected more from Kildare. But going back to your initial point about, I suppose, Mead getting more flack than Kildare, that's absolutely true. And I, I was there. I actually watched the whole game. And um, even in the second half when Kildare were, were bet out the gate, the supporters, in fairness to them, stuck with Kildare and they were still there kind of encouraging them on despite the fact they were getting, you know, mauled really. Um, it obviously brings up the whole thing about the provincial championship as well. I mean, it, it was the lowest attendance um, at a Leinster final for something like 50 years. Um, okay, there was other things on and stuff like that, but I think the the, the biggest elephant in the room essentially is... Uh, is is the disparity between Dublin and the rest in Leinster. And that's not just me. I would have loved to see Kildare give them a game and at least show that there is hope for others. But looking at it um, yesterday, I don't think there's too much hope for, for the provincials. Um, definitely not in Leinster anyway. 
Yeah, it's uh, and, and and you look at Kerry and the hammer they gave Limerick. Yeah. It was, uh, I suppose, the two provincial championships that we know are always competitive did throw up two relatively good games in Connacht and in Ulster. Um, and you know the Ulster were going to extra time and, and Derry getting their first one since '98, I think it was, mm. um, which was which was brilliant to see and whatever. But uh, yeah, it does look like it's a foregone conclusion for Dublin and Kerry in Munster and in Leinster. It just shows you how skewed the whole championship is and that I think, you know, some, there needs to be a complete reworking of it. I would love myself to see the leagues gone um, play your provincial championships early in the year um, as they are played now and then go into a three-tier All-Ireland Championship, have a senior, intermediate and junior and give teams a chance to make progress and climb the ladder um, you know, for instance, you look at Carlo in the um, in the Talton Cup, and you know they were seventh in Division Four, uh, second bottom, you know, second worst team in the country. They went out and got that massive scalp against Tipperary in the Talton Cup, um, and like that's going to revive them. And they know going into their next game that they have a good chance of winning their next game as well. Do you know, um, getting a scalp in the in the uh, qualifiers for me was never a big thing. I never really got it. Like, yeah, it was great excitement or whatever, but most of these teams that got a scalp didn't go on and back it up because they'd come up against another Division One or Division Two team and they weren't able to do it. So I don't know, what, what would your thoughts be on the whole thing? Yeah, I, I think the qualifiers definitely served its purpose maybe 10 or 15 years ago because you did get those those great stories with you know the likes of Wicklow and Ockram when Mikko was up there and there was some really really good stories to come out of it but that was at a time where it was much more of a level playing field from year in to year out like Wexford I think in was it uh, 08 Wexford got to the All-Ireland semi-final you know for Manor Wexford wouldn't get to the uh, Leinster semi-final now making even if the draw opened up for them so so it's a completely different time and absolutely I think that the Talta Cup as it is, or what's going to be the tier two starting next year, is a step in the right direction. And I think by and large, okay, you've seen the likes of Cavan um, and probably awfully dished out kind of heavy enough beatings over the weekend. But by and large, those games are really, really competitive because everybody's playing on a level playing field. And across a couple of years, like you're not going to have Cavan in it in a year or two. So suddenly the teams will find the right level. You know what I mean? Um, and I think I think that's only going to benefit the game. Um it, it doesn't address the provincials. That that's no. that's a problem. And then, I mean, we we all sort of seen what the Ulster final uh, um, brought up. It's it's obviously the most competitive championship, but it's also the most um, uh, frustrating or, or boring football to watch. And that, that that's another problem that the GA have to try and uh, sort. So there's a lot there's a lot to fix and it's not going to happen overnight but I do think that the tier championship absolutely is a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is and um, as we said, we don't have to worry about it for this year anyway. Um, Mead will be t- taking on Clare next week in Cusick Park on Saturday at 5pm but we're not going to start there, Davy. We're going to go back to Crow Park and the Leinster final on Saturday afternoon where Mead ladies were taking on Dublin. Davy, you were there for us on this one, and um, just a step too far for this for these girls. Like they've done everything in the last two two years and whatever, and put up a really good showing. But 
Dublin, I suppose, that first half display where they led by four points at halftime, five points to one, that's probably where they did their damage. When Mead had their purple patch and got one, two, to go into the lead, they were only a point ahead. So, you know, they weren't get, going to get too far away from Dublin at that stage. Yeah, it was an absolutely bizarre game, Mickey. Uh, really, really strange. It was by far and away Mead's flattest performance for two years as well. Um, and unfortunately, it came against you know Dublin in the Leinster final, possibly in other games you'd have maybe got away with it. But um, Mead were Mead were a little bit too defensive, I have to say. I thought, um, particularly in the first half, that you know that fifteen bodies inside. Credit to Dublin because I know they've been trying to suss Mead out for for the guts of two years now and how they play and they put the most intense press I've seen in ladies football on Mead. You know from the kickouts and. They really did um, bombard Mead early, early, early doors and open up a four-point lead. Amazingly, it took Mead thirty-one minutes, Mickey, to get their first score through Avian Leahy. And as you yeah. say, uh, with Hannah Terrell following that up and putting four points between the sides at halftime, that was that was ultimately the difference. Credit to Mead, they came out, got one-two early in the second half, um, a real opportunistic uh, finish from Orla Lally, putting Mead in front. But and then there was that soft penalty. I, I, I watched it in real time, and I—I'll be honest, which I didn't—I didn't see an infringement by Moira Shocknessy. Um, and I've watched it back, and I still couldn't hand on heart say that there's a foul or there's not a foul. So I think it's pretty inconclusive, and as a result, the penalty and indeed the yellow card, which to me was even harsher than the penalty being awarded, and that was a huge turning point because at that time, Mickey Mead were on top, um. And, and Dublin did it well in the end. They, they, they do what they do when they get into the lead. They see the game out, held possession, and um, used their sort of cynicism in, in a way that's just got them over the line, really. Yeah. Um, look, the ladies will move on now to the All-Ireland Championship. Um, it's their first final loss in six attempts, um, I think, or is it five? Five attempts. Division three, Division two, Division one, intermediate, senior, and... Leinster, yeah. so the first and six, six, yeah, uh, first final and six that they've uh, that they've lost, but they did put up a goal shown and only lost by two points. It was one seven to Dublin, one five to Mead. The penalty from Hannah Terrell and forty seven minutes probably being the difference. And as Davy said, you know, it was a questionable penalty at the same time. Um, Davy, we will move on. The Camogues, the ladies, they were out as well, and disappointing uh, result for them up in Derry. Derry were going to pose a big threat to them. It was Derry 214, Mead 11 points in the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. So the Camogues will have to go again. They, they certainly will. And, and that's a big um, defeat for me. That I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it coming on the back of the uh, the provincial success on a couple of weeks ago. And the fact that they'd beaten Derry earlier in the season, uh, it, it did come as a surprise. It was only a point between them at halftime, Mickey. Derry led by... Uh, won six to eight points, but Mead incredibly just tagged on three second half points. Um, and Derry got those two second half goals to to really pull away and, and did it um did it well in the end. And it's um it's a disappointing start for Mead. Obviously on the road, they've had their problems over the years against Ulster opposition, and um they'll they'll be eager to put things right. It's still obviously in their own hands because it is played on a sort of round robin basis, but. Um, the pressure is going to come on them now and they're going to have to try and respond in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to look down and see what that means for the Mead ladies. I don't see it uh, there at the moment. They're in Group 2, so their next game um, will be against Kilkenny by the looks of it. Is, is that right? No, no, it's not against Kilkenny. Their next game 
will be against Wexford. Wexford and it is a home game for Mead. So um, on the 4th of um, June, which is next weekend. So wishing the girls the very best of luck in that one. Um, Davey, we'll move on now to the Mead minor team. The um, lads were playing against Wexford in Port Leash on Wednesday night in the Seamus Heaney Cup. Do live commentary of this game um, from our from our Mixalor, um, the We Are Mead Mixalor. Davy, um, look, it's 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 this minor team were very luckless when it came to the round robin part of the Leinster Championship, um, and it would have been very easy for them to show their arse at this competition, but they gave it its dues and. You know they put in a huge effort and they put three teams to the sword in the competition showing the quality of this mead minor team and that maybe you know maybe they should have been in the latter end uh, the latter stages of the actual leinster championship yeah it, it probably there's there's a hint of regret there absolutely but i suppose there is hope and, and optimism for the future as well on the back of what they've done in the last three games it's going to be scant consolation i don't think that the trophy will you know will will gloss over anything like that but i think the most important thing and we talked about this last week was just getting a few wins at minor level because inevitably there's great footballers as you've said firsthand and i'll talk to you about that in a minute but they, they have a good future in green and gold, but it was just important that they got something to take with them uh, as they progress on through their through their underage careers with Meath. Um, and as you say, they, they treat the competition with the utmost respect. I know firsthand there was counties that, you know, didn't train after being knocked out of their provinces. And I, I don't really see the, the benefit in them even competing if they're not training and just rocking up to games. It, it was a bit bizarre, but credit to Meath for their application effort and endeavours. And I suppose for you who were there, Mickey, um, what 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 were the, the main positives or could you pick out a couple of players that maybe well, stood out to you on the absolutely. night? Absolutely you could you could pick out loads of positives. Like the, the, the main positive I I take from it, Davy, was the joy um after the game on on the field and how much it meant to this group of players. You could see that they um they wanted to finish the work the, the year on a high and they wanted to showcase their, their skills and there was some fabulous footballers right through the team, right? Like full back line of Daly, Kelly, and Drysdale, two Dunamore Ashburn men and a Rathout man. They were fantastic, absolutely brilliant. The two wing backs, Dara Smith and Finn White, marauding up the field, well able to uh, play football and get involved. They were absolutely class. Owen Ryan at centre back from Trim, he just held the line there. He was brilliant. The two guys in midfield, Absolute workhorses. Tyg Martin covered every blade of grass on the field. He's uh, the captain of the team as well, and he's a slain man. And Max McKenna from Ratkenny, another fabulous pair player to watch in the future. I'm sure he's going to have um, a, a big future with Ratkenny, and and if not with Mead as well. But you could go through them all, Davy. You know, like Ryan Stafford at centre half forward, beautiful striker of the ball, um, all the skills as well that you need at this level and brilliant to see a nephew of Brian Stafford. So the Stafford name coming back in and wearing a Mead jersey, that was great to see. Zach Taunton at number 13 was absolutely excellent. Jamie Murphy at full forward came out 
and did a lot of dogged work around the middle of the field. He was going in and out from the full forward line. He's a big, huge man from St. Pat's there. Michael O'Sullivan from Dunmore Ashburn as well. He was excellent. He was in and out around getting on ball, setting things up. Um, Declan Riley and Robbie Finnegan. Robbie Finnegan from Centralstown was brilliant, I thought. Absolutely fantastic. But I suppose um, the... Like you would have picked out Ryan Stafford and Zach Thornton in the forward line, you know, both of them grabbing goals as well uh, for me. But the, the the positive was how these players applied themselves and how much it meant to them after the game. Because you know, had they had they no competition left after the the Leinster Championship was over, they would have been going away, going oh we're miles away from this. We're Jesus, we're no good. Like you know what I mean. But they put up massive scores against Loud, Westmead, and then Wexford. You know, contained Wexford to one score in the first half. They had a couple of really nice footballers as well, Wexford. But the main man was probably Michael Kavanagh, tiny little guy. Um, but came out the field, messy esque. You know, <laughs> just the ball, like playing balls and getting on the ball. And he he absolutely was brilliant for Wexford. He covered every blade of grass as well. Little small slight guy and it looked like a lad that probably has another two years at minor level left but yeah. you know take nothing away from the these mead lads they i think they went out and proved to themselves not even to us or to the to the supporters but proved to themselves that they they're well good enough to be in that leinster championship and and, and that on their day they'd be competitive with the dublins the Kildares, and all the top leinster teams i, I just think that they were lucky in the round robin part yeah, and, that, and that's that's very promising to hear. And I suppose it's uh, we're going to need them because you know we have we've had two great mid minor teams on the drop, but it's important that these lads come in behind them and I suppose add to what already is there. And it does sound like from what you were saying and just listening to you last week that you know the the future is still bright for us at at every age group. So that's hugely positive, Mickey. Yeah, it is, and 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 I we'll be doing a full review of the game over on our Loyal Royals podcast, and I've got interviews with cornerback Owen Kelly, captain and midfielder Tyg Martin, centre half forward Ryan Stafford, manager uh, Derek O'Brien, and then I interviewed a few of the lads from Simonstown, Keith Brady, David Nolan, and Barry Flanagan as well, um, due to the fact that it is the Seamus Heaney Cup, and it's named after Seamus Heaney, uh, fondly known as Jimmy Heaney. Um, uh, ex Simonstown, ex Dallasal, Navinomatney's uh, man, and he was one of the first um, uh, coaches to go around Leinster, coaching coaches and coaching kids, um, uh, and, and and did that all over Leinster and whatever. He, he was a great man, Jimmy. Uh, I know his family very well, so I just wanted to get the Simonstown contingent because all of those lads that I named. They, we all played football together and Jimmy Heaney would have would have uh, trained us in mini leagues and stuff like that. So it was a nice fitting end to the to the campaign that the Seamus Heaney Cup would be coming back to me. Like it was just it was a nice little touch and all. It meant something to all the lads, which was brilliant as well. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Absolutely. And it is nice when you get your uh, when you get what feels like your own cup back. And, I, yeah. you know, I, it's a nice consolation. Obviously, the lads would have had their eyes on, on bigger things, but um, nice to get something from the year, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, and again, just to reiterate that the interviews with the players, Owen Kelly, Tyke Martin and Ryan Stafford, you know, they all spoke about the next step and getting into a development squad at under 18 level and preparing themselves to play for under 20 
you know, which was brilliant that these guys weren't kind of going right. That's it done, mm-hmm. you know. And Tyg Martin spoke high so highly about uh, of many of the players in that team, and he thinks that they've all got a bright future as well. And um, yeah, I, I, I thought they spoke really well, and it was brilliant to hear that this is not the end of the road for them. They were so happy to win that cup, but they want to come back and and do it on the next level at the next level um uh when they move up a level as well up, up to under 20s but um yeah I, I i do see a good few of those players going on to be county stars as well maybe if we got three or four from that team um i wouldn't be surprised davy great stuff yeah and uh they sound like more mature and level-headed 16 and 17 year olds maybe than we were mickey as well the way they're talking you're 100 percent right davy there is no doubt about that i won't even i won't even uh that doesn't even come into question there's yeah. no doubt about it these guys are well level-headed and way more so than me and you were at that age have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad well then at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Uh, also on our Loyal Loyals podcast this week, we will be doing the All-County Football League uh, previews. So we have, I think, three divisions that are at final stages and their finals are going to be the following week. So we will wait and preview them uh, the following week. Um, but we do have four divisions that are still playing um, and there's uh, promotion spots and relegation spots up for grabs in all of those. So we will be previewing all them and giving our predictions. Davey Rispin is six behind so he is after an unbelievable week last week he clawed back five results on me and um yeah we'll be uh we'll be doing our previews and uh, and our predictions on that one um davy i think uh looking ahead to next week we mentioned it already mead versus claire in cusick park saturday at 5 p.m in the all-ireland qualifiers um what are your thoughts what are your thoughts now that the dust has settled on our defeat to dublin and now that we can look back as well and see how good dublin were against kildare yeah it it probably doesn't feel as bad considering dublin did the exact same thing to kildare as what they did to mead um but the reality of it is we we just don't know exactly where mead are until they show up on saturday evening in Ennis and and see what they produce against Clare. And I don't think anybody outside of the panel or management would have a strong grasp on that. I can only hope that they've put that out of their system now. They've had, this will be their third week since the game. So, you know, they've had a little bit of time to get away from it. They've they've all played with their clubs, or the vast majority of them have played with their clubs, played well. Um, Any knocks or niggles, I think, should be, should be sorted now at this stage. And you have to sort of treat this as a different competition and wipe the slate clean, just like the ladies will probably do 
with the Dublin. You know, that's the Leinster Championship done and dusted. Park it. Now you're in the All-Ireland series. As you said, it's a privilege nearly to be in it the way things are. It's it's not a it's it's not guaranteed anymore with the Talton Cup or the tier two. So try and embrace it, try and get a win and, and go into the final round of qualifiers against the beaten provincial finalist who, let's be honest about it, right? You have Limerick and Kildare coming off tankings. You have Roscommon who sort of did flatter to deceive a little bit against Galway. And you have Donegal who'll be absolutely stunned after their reversal at the hands of Derry. So they're going to be kind of going into that on the back burner. So if Mead were to get a win uh, in Clare, it would be a huge morale booster for the lads. And they would really, really, really look forward to a crack at any of the provincial uh, beaten finalists. Yeah, I was like... When, when you look at the three beaten provincial finalists, I suppose Limerick are the only one we have no beef with. Um, you know, we, yeah. we'd love another shot at Donegal. We'd never love another shot at Roscommon. We'd love another shot at Kildare. Um, you know, the the, the, the game in Park Talchon um, a few years ago in the qualifiers against Donegal, when McBrearty scored that last gas, last gas point, you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Mead. Mead. So there's that. Kildare beat us the last time we played them in, in Newbridge in the league Newbridge last year. Yeah, league last year, and of course, um, we the, the other provincial loser was Donny Donegal. Oh, sorry, Roscommon beat us this year in the league, and a game in which they probably had it won at half time, but. Had it gone on another five or six minutes, maybe Mead could have got something out of it um, earlier this year. The second half performance was brilliant. So, you know, there is there is a carrot there for for, for Mead if they if they were to beat uh, Clare. Oh, very much so. And at the same time, we're looking ahead. I, I suppose the lads can't really look ahead. The nature of what happened against Dublin and the challenge that faces them next Saturday evening in Ennis. Even going well, like do you remember the year we got to the Super Eights in the fourth round of the qualifiers? We played them in Port Leash, and it was an almighty battle. And Mead were going as well as I can remember them going in the last ten years. So it's never an easy game. It's going to be a really tough encounter with a side that just they've just they've been going as long with Colin Collins as we have with Andy McAtee, and they they know themselves inside out. Um, and it'll be it'll be a one score game. I don't think it'll be a. a, a a landslide either way. I think it'll be a really tight, close encounter and just hopefully Mickey we can come out the right side of it and get to the last round of the qualifiers. Um, have you heard any um, anything about the squad at the moment? Obviously, Shane McEntee won't be around. Um, Harnan, have we heard anything about Harnan? Yeah, well, well, Harnan, Harnan was fit and, and just didn't make the 26th the last day. I don't think there was any injury concerns there. Um, you would imagine that Carl Hickey and... Uh, Jason Scully would have to be coming into contention again for a place in the starting 15 on the back of what happened. The good news is Jordy Morris has got off, so his red card has been rescinded. Uh, Jack Flynn's unfortunately hasn't, so we will be missing Jack Flynn for the game, but having Jordy back, he's he's obviously a free taker. He's our probably most talismanic scoring forward, if you will. So that'll be a big help uh, and boost for Andy and the lads. Um, but aside from that, with Shane away, as you say, it's it's more or less a clean bill of health. So um, we should be going down there with a pretty strong 26-man panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, you reckon it'll be a one-score game, Davey? You don't see, like, do you not think that the, the, the hard ground and stuff like that will suit this mid-team? Or 
can we see somebody starting like if, if somebody's going to stand out in this game who do you see it being have you seen anything from anyone that might just give you that um little bit of confidence i think matt costello has been moving all right um I felt I thought he was he was all right against uh, against Dublin and he did well when he came on against Wicklow in the first round. Uh, I just I just be nervous at this one because I was at the league game this year uh, down there, and it was just such a such a nervy encounter, you know, really really hard fought, and I just I'd be surprised if there was more than three or four points in the difference, um, just by the nature of the way in which I know or we know Clare are going to set up against Meath. And they're going to make it hard for us to implement our, our running game. Um, but a goal, an early goal or the first goal in this game will be so, so important um, in, in the overall outcome, I reckon. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Scully, you mentioned uh, Hickey and, and a couple of the lads there. A lot of the lads got to, after the Dublin game, got to uh, go back to their clubs and play in the All-County Football League. Some of the lads didn't get playing but i would presume that that was players who had probably played the full game or the majority of that game against dublin were, were told to rest the following week yeah i i think from memory the only three that i didn't see featuring for their clubs were jack o'connor donald kogan and killian o'sullivan i think most of the other um starters and substitutes that came on all featured which was great and I, I think that was a smart move on the management's behalf because you had a three-week window there get them out to their clubs you know home comforts and all of that and try and get it out of their system and by and large as i said already most of them put in a good shift for the clubs and, and that should help um i think possibly danny dixon has also maybe uh departed the panel i know he hasn't featured at all this year but and he was coming back from injury um but I think he's now left the panel, so he's obviously not going to be involved in the 26-man panel either uh, for next week. But as we said, he hasn't featured at all in 2022 yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, disappointing to hear more people leaving the panel. It's not what you want to hear anyway. But um, look, I'm sure Danny has his reasons and um, both Mill would be delighted to see him coming back. That is for sure. Um, they're going to need him and everything else and everybody, and everybody else that they can get back on the field um, over the next uh, couple of league games. Um, Davey, so next Saturday, 5pm, Cusick Park in Ennis, Mead versus Clare. We want to wish Andy and the lads the very best of luck in that one and we'll be uh, watching on because myself and yourself will be tied up in Ballinabracky at that stage and we could actually be tied up. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Davey, uh, we'll move on to our lotto segment and uh, I'm sure you've got plenty of them there for us. I actually don't. I I, I only have a few this week. Would you believe the Pierros have been napping? Obviously, um, maybe it's the sunshine, but uh, the Chocolate Royal Gales, in fairness to them, week in week out, are very good at getting in touch. Uh, from last Monday night, the numbers drawn were one nine twenty one and twenty six. There was no jackpot winner. There was four match three winners who collect seventy or each. Uh, Brenda Meehan, the grand kids, caravan power, right? And it's not the grand kids; it's the grand kids uh caravan power pat maloney and mark keely all uh, getting 70 euro the uh jackpot uh stays at thirteen thousand for monday night at half eight live on facebook reserve for thirteen thousand also and a second reserve now hitting nine grand um 200 euros added to this every week so that's thirty five thousand euro in jackpots that don't have 
available to them at the minute, um, which is astonishing. And it'll tell you how long this has been rumbling on. You can play that one at Club Force. Um, Manalvi, uh, the results from last Monday night, 23rd of May, 5, 18, 22 and 27. Uh, three 20 year winners were Paul Green, uh, Connor Harnan and Geraldine Ta- uh, Taggart. The next draw takes place Monday, 30th of May, jackpot of 1,100. You can play it at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Uh, Navinomatni's uh, 14,300. It is, I think, the biggest in the county of Mead uh, mm-hmm. at the minute on the back of Minalti's being won. Uh, so that's a lovely jackpot over there in Navin. Uh, 8, 28, 29 and 32 are the numbers from last week. The was two match three winners who were Samantha Stewart and Mary Bagnell. Um, and they go again on the 31st of May, which is Tuesday night. Uh, Google Club Spot Navinomatni's or download their app to play that. Castletown next in, and uh, their results from the 24th of May, 2,700 over jackpot, not one, 6, 13, 22, and 25. The Lucky Dip winners were Martina McHugh, Jennifer Oakes, uh, Thomas McKeown, Gary Goodwin, and Mary Flanagan. Uh, next one is my own quarter in GFC. Results from last Friday night, 27th of May, uh, 2022, 9,300 jackpot wasn't won, 16, 18, 21, and 32, the numbers. Um, we had five 20-year winners who were Tommy Farnan, Pat Smith, Pete Riley, Uta Meaton, and Yvonne Flanagan, 9,400 next Friday night at courtowngea.com forward slash lotto. And the last one on my list, Mickey, is from Kilmainham, and uh, their next jackpot takes place tomorrow night, Monday, and they have 2,300 euro up for grabs. Similarly, the Centristown Lotto is tomorrow night, and it is, that's Monday night, massive 10,000 euro. Still, you can do that on Smart Lotto, or you can go to any of their social media pages, and you will find the link there. And in Simonstown, their lotto was not won last week. The numbers drawn were 3, 12, 22, and 32. The lucky dips were Paul Quinn, Yolanda Vasquez, and Keats Moody Brady, a good week for Keats Moody Brady um, with the minor team and then picking up uh, some money in the Simonson Lotto. Their Lotto next week on Friday the 3rd of June will be 1950. Uh, you can play it online and through the Clubs app app. So you'll find all the links to that as well. That comes in from Jelly. Jelly then forwarded on to me the uh, League of Ireland table and the League One table. And he, for, he said he forgot to send it to me uh, last week to, to give me the update. So he sent it on to me again. So Shamrock Rovers are uh, sitting top of the table after 19 games. And Dundalk in second, Derry City in third, St. Pat's and Sligo Rovers in fourth and fifth. So, um, yeah, UCD at the bottom of the table, just above, uh, above them is Finn Harps and Drogheda. So there's the update, Davey. Thanks for that, Mickey. Um, and that will probably seamlessly bring us on to Instagram Interactive. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control Auto Mower from your phone. Auto Mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons 
your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Uh, and we'll, we'll stay with the soccer just to get it out of the way. Um, with Jack Walsh, as always, getting in touch. And he says, thoughts on the midway point of the League of Ireland season. Rovers looking good, in my opinion. Yeah, Rovers are looking good. It's great to see Dundalk after what, what has been an absolute shit show for them for the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, back up there in second place. And a win will put them five behind. If a game in hand, if, if they win their game in hand, go five behind Shamrock Rovers, but I don't see Shamrock Rovers being caught. Derry City are on 33 and they've just fallen away in the last number. I was of just going to say they really have. They, they started the season so well and they've just uh, they've just relinquished it, whereas Rovers think, have just got stronger and stronger since the start. Yeah, I think Derry are concentrating on the Ga now since the... <laughs> and since the Camogie. And the Camogie since the Ulster Championship and the All-Ireland Intermediate Hurling Championship or Camogie Championship started. So maybe they lost a few players or something. Quite possibly, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shawnee Fitzgerald has also been on to us and he says Brian Faulkner's double after six days on the beer. Of course, Beanie got married, uh, clubmate of mine, Mickey and Corton, got married last weekend and I think he spent a few days away, well earned, but uh, was back with Trim Celtic and doing what he does best and finding the back of the net despite a few days, a uh, few heavy days. And uh, who, who were Trim? Actually, I, I don't know who they were playing. I know they played Kentstown last week. They drew one all. Um, I don't know who they had there the other day, but I think they must have won that game. Good stuff. Uh, next is Robert Perfield. And Rob wants to know what's better for Ennis, going through Limerick or going through Galway? Now, I did a poll on this to see what our genius We Are Meat listeners thought. And 61% of people feel... As a Mead person, it's quicker to go through Limerick than it is to go through Galway. I don't know. Would you have any insight into that, Mickey? Uh, I'm just going to have a look and uh, see what way this... Well, one brings you... Well, if you go through Galway, it's only two hours 35. But see, the thing about it is, is that there is, um, the, there is the new motorway from Galway. So that probably would be the more advisable way to go. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is. Is it the M? Yeah, it's the MA team from Athen Rice. You don't have to go into Galway City, um, but I, I, I would. Yeah, I'd go that way. Um, it's a lovely road as well. Brand new road, lovely surface. Um, going down into Limerick, and then to come back up down through Nina and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's that. That'd be my advice. Yeah. Um... Richie Keeney said, has any man, woman or dog found accommodation in Ennis next week yet? I know it was, abs- I seen a few screenshots on Twitter actually last week, making it was like seven or 800 quid or something to stay over for the night. Ridiculous. Yeah, bank holiday weekend in Ennis. Um, June bank holiday weekend in Ennis. It's uh, not going to be easy. I Look, bring a tent. That's what I'm saying to everybody. Bring a tent. Yeah, um, Shane Riley wants to know the team for Ennis. Um, if we knew that, we we know everything. I'd say we'd we'd get the latter numbers quick up, maybe would we? Then yeah, team for Ennis. We've we've tried to pick the team before, Davy. I suppose very quickly we'll run through what the team was the last day. It was uh, Harry Hogan, uh, Owen Harkin, Connor McGill, 
and Robin Clark. Uh, oh, Robin Clark. Donald Kyogen was centre back. Uh, Hickey didn't play. It was James McEntee and Ronan Ryan. Ronan Ryan is right. And then middle of the field, Mento Jones, uh, Tomas O'Reilly, Matty Costello, and Joey Wallace, was it? Uh, I'm not sure what sort of way they lined up, but uh, Killian O'Sullivan and also uh, Jack O'Connor was there as well. Oh, yeah, he's right. He's right. And then it was Shane Walsh. No. Mor- no, Jordy Morris. Fucking hell, what was the full forward line? Yeah, Jordy Morris, Joey Wallace, and it was Matt Costello who came in, but Matt sort Costello, of, yeah, yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't necessarily play there. Does it does it change to do, do, do many of the... Um, I would say Scully would come in potentially and Hickey. Hickey. Uh, what about Jordy Muldoon? Yeah, Jordy's been unlucky and, and possibly maybe on the back of the hard time that our full back line did get that it could be a position that Andy might look to freshen up with Jordy Muldoon. He's a viable option there. Harnan. Um, Harnan's another man and, and like he's a curious case. Like first and foremost, you'd like to see him in the twenty six. Um, and from there, would it would it surprise you at all if he did come straight into the starting fifteen? I don't think it probably would. Um, so look at there, there's tons of options. Um, I, I I'd say two or three changes max though. I I couldn't see Andy absolutely overhauling the team either. Brady McMahon did well when he came on the last day as well. He could be in for a start. Um. I'm, I'm just trying to remember as well. Um, yeah, I, I think Jack Flynn would have been in poor yeah, position for a start had he not got sent off because he, he yeah. put himself about, did really, really well. But unfortunately, he's not going to be available for us. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Shane McEntee won't be there. He didn't start. Does James come straight back in? Does Harnan go in? Does uh, Hickey go in? It'll be interesting. Yeah, like I don't see too many... Don't see wholesale changes. Maybe one in defence, two de- two maybe. Well, sorry, probably two in defence and one maybe two in the forward line. You could be looking at three or four actually, Davy. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, uh, we should wait and see. Uh, the attention turns to Kildare and Leinster now, um, and the first one comes in from uh, Brian Flynn, and he said the Kildare Hams went to the slaughterhouse. When you look at the stats, Mead now second in Leinster with a question mark. Yeah. Um, well, look, um, while while we got pummeled by Dublin, Kildare also did, but they got beaten by more. Um, so we always have that little, I suppose, uh, uh, trophy to to take home with us. Look, I did, we, we spoke about it already. We just, uh, Leinster's, but like Kildare have played Division One football, Davy, over the last couple of years. Um, and, and they're still so far away from Dublin. Yeah, I, I think, well, actually, it's probably a mentality thing with Mead as well, but I do think with Kildare, it certainly is, like, they got within, did they get within three points of Dublin last year in the Leinster final without really laying a glove on them? And I, I just felt this year that the, on, on the back of beating them for the first time in how long in the league, that it was there for them to really sort of have a have a go, but they just, again, it was like stage fight, they just froze. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Deck F. Dunn says Kildare made Dublin look worse than us, yet the media wax lyrical about them. Yeah, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> everybody has ha, ha, has a gripe with me, you know, and, and they love to throw it in. Whereas, they seem to love Kildare and say, Oh, poor Kildare, and 
no, um, the, you know, they, they, they're just much more softer towards them, which I just, which I just don't get. Um, look, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with Dublin. Dublin have a new championship quarter. It used to be the first quarter of the second half, yeah. and now it's just the first quarter. First and second quarter, yeah. First half of the game, yeah. Yeah. And they stopped playing then after halftime. That's it. That's <laughs> and well, they, well they can if they keep leading by 12 or 13 points at halftime in games, they, they can afford to. Were they 15 um, points up or 16 points up at halftime yesterday? 16 yeah, yeah. five first half goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, Killian Perfield reckons Leinster is dead with Dublin. Yeah. Can't argue with that. No, you can't argue with it. But the, the whole idea that you, you get an easier path to an All-Ireland quarterfinal due to your geographical position in the country is mind boggling. You would not see that in any other sport in any other country, mm. uh, that you can have uh, uh, an easier path because of where you're ge- geographically, geographically positioned in, in, in the country. just doesn't make sense to me. Really. Do, you know, do you know what's a funny one, Mickey? The fact that Tipperary could have so easily beaten Limerick, right? And have been taken on Kerry in the, in the Munster final Saturday, but they were beaten okay, but marginally. Um, Tipperary then go out to Carlo in the Talta Cup this weekend. So essentially their championship interests are done. Yet, let's look at Limerick in the same breath as Tipperary. And they're guaranteed to be going into the final round of qualifiers and be one game away from a quarter final on the back of what exactly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, you know, I just think that the whole thing needs a revamp. So it does. A, I, 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 while the provincial championships are exciting i just don't think they serve the purpose anymore yeah um niall flynn uh this is actually an interesting one he said refs standing in the d being extra bodies um uh, yeah i know what he means yeah 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 when, when is, the, is that more with a free when there's a free like if you're taking a free on the 45 that the ref kind of stands between you and the goals uh no i i'd say he's all about in play when 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 we'll say the ball is has worked through the lines and, and, and brought it up into that forward line. The referee will will position himself usually in the D, where he should be positioning himself way out, we'll say, towards the sideline so that he's got a panoramic view of the whole field. You know, that kind of way. But there are referees who like to get right in, in the middle of it. And um, yeah, that's 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 an interesting point. It does for a player who's on the ball who is using his peripheral vision and whatever, he just sees somebody there. Yeah, you know, and that's and, and it's not the same color jersey as his. Yeah, it's an interesting one, um, one that I hadn't really considered either. Um, Sean Duggan's last uh, in on our Instagram interactive this week, and he wants to know why he was lucky to be working removed from his work WhatsApp. Now, lucky to be working has responded to the claim, and he says WhatsApp groups are a joke. So many watery hens about. I am an officially on no WhatsApp group, and it's free. Uh, he goes on to say that lads, lucky, uh, big job is confirmed for the race on Tuesday. So big race there in Ballinrobe for big job and lucky to be working the the big owner there. Yeah, and lucky to be working, won't be able to send out a WhatsApp message to the lads to let them know uh, what the story is behind the horse or what the deal is on, on in Ballinrobe, whether he's going to win or not. So you'll have to ring him directly, Davy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it for this week's Instagram Interactive, Mick. Okay, well, um, look, it was a 
Great week for our miners lifting the Seamus Heaney Cup. It was disappointing for the ladies as they lost out in the Leinster final to Dublin by two points, but they will be back. There's no doubt about that for uh, the All-Ireland Championship. The ladies, the Camogues, lost out to Derry in the first round of the All-Ireland Intermediate. So um, they are going to have to bounce back. Uh, he's got one more coming through to you, David. I've saved the best to last, and I almost let this go, Mickey. Uh, but it was sent in to me anonymously, so uh, that's why I almost forgot to read it out, but I have absolutely saved the best to last. Um, okay, here we go. Just to let you know, Dundry didn't show up for the Division 2 uh, Camogie League final last week against Kilmessen. So along with the ref, Kilmessen all lined out and had to score a point to be given the silverware, which they duly did. Despite the fact I think it was pretty close, they nearly missed it. <laughs> I'd love to see what would happen if they missed it, but they scored it anyway. Um, so that, that was a bit of a strange happening. I think they allegedly, Dundry didn't have 15 players but it was their first team so maybe strange that they wouldn't have 15 players for a final I'm not sure what the nuts and bolts of it was but the just to give also follow up that was Kilmessen's second team their first team are in the league final this week um, where they take on Nafina in Dungani um, and that game I think takes place is it Tuesday night possibly um, but yeah bizarre going on there in that Division 2 game between Dundry and Kilmessen Mickey yeah, can you imagine if uh, they, they had put it wide? What happens? Does it go to extra time? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Crazy. Um, uh, interesting, all right. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to get Dundry's side on that one um, because the league final, not turning up for a league final is interesting. And if they couldn't get enough players out um, after getting to a final, um, maybe there was communions and confirmations and stuff like that. All, all these people were tied up in other ways. Maybe they were all maybe they were all stuck in the airport, Davy, or the attic, Mickey, possibly. Yeah. yeah um, but but yeah, and credit to Kilmessen as well, by the way. That's their second team. They've got back to back promotions from three to two to one. They can't actually go into Division One now because their first team are in Division One. So fortunately, they'll have to play Division Two again next year. But it is a great achievement, and just to pay a bit of homage for that as well. Split Kilmes and Camogie into. <laughs> I thought they would have done that years ago after their exploits, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you should set up another uh, Camogie team in Dunsany. That's what they should do uh, under the guise of, of Dunsany. Look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Me podcast. Remember, We Are Me. Bye.